Welcome to episode 86, Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast. This one's all about the kayaks. We got Bailey Eichbert from the Serious Angler Podcast on to talk all things kayaks. I know not everybody fishes out of a big fancy bass boat and all that kind of stuff. So, hey, want to bring back to the community, get a bunch of questions out there. People that are interested in kayaks have questions about kayaks. We're going to run through a bunch of it. Plus, we did an Arsenal giveaway. Talked about our memberships for the YouTube channel and a whole bunch more. Enjoy episode number 86. And uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. All right, here we are. What's up, everybody? Wednesday night, Hellabass Live. We've got Bailey Eigbritt from the Serious Angler joining us tonight. Um, excited to talk fishing. Uh, this show is going to be kayak-centric tonight. I've never been in a kayak before, but I know there's definitely plenty of people that watch my channel, uh, in the community, watch videos, that definitely fish in the bank, fish from kayaks, fish from tiny boats. So I was like, we cannot ignore this any longer. And I don't know, you're like the, the best <laughs> kayak angler I know, which I don't know a lot of kayak anglers, but that's why I called you, Bailey. Yeah, I say it's not saying much. <laughs> so... Uh, well, before we get too far into this, just a quick sound check. Uh, people watching on Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, let me know in the chat. Uh, make sure you can hear us. You usually can. It sounds good to us, but just want to make sure that everybody can hear us. Looks like Daryl got his giveaway. Uh, I forget what his was. The uh, I think the Arsenal Sun Gloves and a few other things and some Super K jigs. So hopefully you like them, Daryl. Hopefully they fit. Looks like he said great stuff. If anybody didn't win... You can uh, hit up the description, the, the codes in the description. All right. Uh, Tim Maynard, I've just knighted you moderator. So hopefully the blue wrench shows up by your name on your very next post. So we got, we officially got a moderator in the house. Things are growing. Things are getting, I don't know if we need a moderator, but Tim, Tim stepped up. So we got one. Darius is here. People are saying, sounds good. Backlash Pro. Lots of people here. Tim says he's the worst kayak angler, you know. So there you go. Um, cool. Tim, <laughs> Tom Mix. Lots of people here. Everybody says it sounds good. That's awesome. So we got uh, a little over a dozen people coming in. So, yeah, like, like I said before, for those coming in, we're talking kayaks tonight. Uh, showing some love. Kayak lives matter. As much as I joke about kayaks and give uh, Bailey a hard time about the plastic Navy and all that stuff. Hey, it's legit. Like kayaks are probably the fastest growing part of bass fishing, so you can't really ignore it. Did you say plastic navy? Mm-hmm. See, that Never makes that much one? more sense than the plastic army that I hear all the time. Plastic oh. navy just makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's like a watercraft. It's like an invasion. <laughs> uh, a couple other things. We are going to do a giveaway tonight. I got uh, this bag here from Arsenal full of some goodies. We'll look at it a little later. I would say... Let's say 9.15, we'll do the giveaway on this. And I'm going to show you a slick new giveaway tool from StreamYard that you might be excited about, Bailey. You're going to you're gonna like I this. I heard you were doing this. Uh, Deacon, yeah. Deacon tuned into uh, 
when you had on um, from Bass Boat Central, I think. No, Bass Bass Boat Marketplace. Bass Boat Marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah, be doing I'm the. Curious. I used to have to do the giveaway, and it would happen now. It happens like during the stream, which is cool. When will we feature younger talent? Well, I'm 42 to 43, so I, uh, Bailey's younger. I don't know what you're looking for, Damon. If if you're talking about like the female talent, I don't know. I guess I did have a female angler on like a month ago, but. <laughs> um, cool. So that's I mean, good. I I only have two years of experience being 21, so that that's pretty young, I would think. Yeah. I mean, he got his little this little this little thing above his, his lips here, like. Yeah, I got the dirt stash still. I'm still in the dirt stage. Nice. Uh, <laughs> let's see what else we want to talk about here. Yeah. So Arsenal Fishing, thanks for supporting the stream. Obviously, this is uh, a better project, a better stream because of them so we thank them you know support those guys support omnia support arsenal for supporting the stream they are the official sponsors partners of the stream uh i don't know who's lying sycamore but um yeah how old did you think i was like some some people think like i'm older and some people are like what like you're not really that old i think the beard when i met you dude i thought you were like low 30s yeah Maybe I should start like putting an Instagram filter and I could look even younger you <laughs> or go. a TikTok filter. Um, a couple of new faces in here. What's up? Let's see. A couple other things. I guess he thought I was 35. I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, let's see. So we mentioned the giveaway. I guess I would like to highlight a couple things here. So guys like Tim highlight got this little badge next to their name which is weird that's the badge like that's not the badge that shows up on youtube like i thought these were going to be custom fish icons like it shows up so on it's interesting on Streamyard, it shows up as this like little icon but in like the youtube chat i can actually see the fish icon that i custom designed so i'm a little disappointed it doesn't show up on Streamyard. <laughs> it's like a, it's a moderator through Streamyard. uh no so he's a I, Made him a moderator, but the uh, the little S symbol is a, a member. Like they became a member of the channel, so yeah. uh, so that's cool. So if you guys are interested in that, um, will Rich compete in a kayak? Pressure Probably not anytime Rich. soon. I, <laughs> I I don't know when I'd have time. Like I was talking on with somebody else a little bit ago. I was like, I got a full time job. I got a couple of kids that are in like way too many sports. I fish boat tournaments, right? And create content is all the stuff I'm putting out. I don't know when I would time. I like the idea of a kayak sounds cool to me, right? To like slip into a local pond or go to a right. little rivers and things like that. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Damon. Yeah. yeah I've, I've talked to SMB and those guys a couple times. We should talk. Just hit me up in the DMs on Facebook or Instagram. We'll talk about it. Um, So, yeah, I think on YouTube, people will see the little green fish. But when I put it up here, they're just going to see, like, this little symbol. Mm. But, um, Tim, I need you to try some of those custom emojis that the members can use. Should be in the chat. So, oh, look at We're official. Sean lies here. The stream is officially a thing now that Sean lies here. And so you should be excited, Bailey, Bailey that Sean's here. 
I've seen Sean about just about every single YouTube fishing stream like known to man. I think he's got it dialed. Yeah. All right. So yeah, thanks to the guys that joined up, signed up to be members. Um, that's awesome. Support the channel. So several of you did sign up to support and be members, and I actually uh, up my internet today, putting out a twenty bucks down a month on the internet. Uh, nice. because people are supporting the channel, I figured let's let's pump up the quality and make sure we don't have any um, you know, fuzziness. So I can see these cool emojis on the YouTube, but it turns it to text on <laughs> so it just like spells it out uh on StreamYard. But like on the YouTube, I can see the little custom Karen head and suck less. So that's slightly less exciting than I thought it was gonna be. So like I can't put it up and show the cool emoji. Like, I'm going to have to send some feedback to uh, StreamYard. But, yeah. Jay, if you want to support, which is totally optional, right below this video in the description, there should be, like, a block that says join. It's, like, right next to, like, where subscribe or like and that stuff is. And there is uh, a couple options for, like, $2.99 a month. You can, like, you get these custom emojis and you get, you know, the little badge next to your name and a few other fun things. And then there's different packages that go up. You know, we won't go into all that. I don't want to make this like a big commercial, but like I'm going to do giveaways and do private streams for different levels. Um, but that's how you can support the channel if you're looking to do so. But otherwise, you can just support it by watching, liking, commenting. That's awesome, too. And just sharing it with other people that all that helps. So it's just, you know, it's just a little something different. If somebody wants to have like a little cool badge some cool emojis kind of like they do on twitch right for the younger kids out there um you just want to like support on a little different level that's awesome if you don't just hang out and enjoy the content so i'm dying i I just pulled up the youtube stream so i can see the emojis and the karen head is killing you like them yeah the karen the karen head (laughs) i like that on the stream yard it just shows like like dash Karen had dash yeah. stuff less. Actually I'm definitely OG. like sending a note to StreamYard and be like, "Come on, you're killing me." Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to get into the controversy, but I, I don't know if you're the only one that kind of <clears throat> there's been a backlash for for LD. Um, but lots of excitement. Uh, Wait, who, who's getting backlash for LD? Luke Duncan. Oh, about the back? Yeah, I've yeah. seen it all. I've chosen to not comment on it just because yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll, I will say this. Here's a comment. Uh, people just need to go bass fishing. Less time worrying about drama. That's about it. Awesome. Sean Lai just signed up. Super cool. Hey. That's awesome. Appreciate it, brother. Um, I think, I don't know. Have you met Drew Gregory in person? But I know you've had him on your show, right? Yeah, yeah, I've hung out with Drew a bunch of times. Uh, we do like similar tournaments, and we're uh, we're gonna be travel partners next year. Drew's nice. a good dude. Let's see here, uh, uh, Xfinity. No, I got uh, what are we? We are what used to be Charter, and now it's called what is the new name for Charter? Spectrum. Spectrum. <laughs> That's what we got here too. Yeah, I kind of agree. AP, I don't know. I don't know which one's the lesser of two evils at times, but uh, I don't know. I think Luke does some good stuff. I think he's got himself a little bit of a pickle right now. I don't think Luke's all bad, but I can see why he's getting some heat, but I think he's also done some good things, but uh, yeah, I think if he stuck to fishing, which he's got a lot of knowledge in, uh, I think he'd be okay. 
it's when he gets off the things on tantric drama. Not saying that points are right or wrong. I'm not going to agree or disagree, but I think if he stuck to fishing content, it would be good. I don't throw hair jigs a lot, and assuming you're talking about the little marabou ones for smallies that northern anglers mm -hmm. use, I would say 316th is probably the lightest I'd throw, but I don't throw them a ton. Um. <laughs> yeah. Sean Lai's uh, claim to fame is that he got a ticket. Uh, or you get a ticket or his wife got a ticket screaming 90 through uh, I-90 uh, southern Minnesota on the Iowa border and got a ticket while Ooh. watching what stream was it? Bass U? I don't remember what stream you were watching or what stream. So he was on the stream complaining about just getting a ticket. <laughs> oh, man. Way back from his honeymoon. So. That's dedicated. So, Yeah. Absolutely sycamore. We're not getting any of that tonight. Um, yeah, so look at Sean. not Getting off to a great start in the marriage. Not afraid to throw his wife right under the bus on a live stream <laughs> and talk as he was going 96 out of 70. <laughs> the good news is she's probably not a fan of the hell of a stream. So, uh, hey, thanks, Backlash Pro. That's awesome. Sweet. Um, Daniel T in the house. What's up? I guess the other thing is like, obviously you guys that are members, I can see it. So when you guys ask questions, I definitely will try to signal them out and make sure you guys get your questions answered. Uh, Visor gang, shout out to Jack. He's the guy that I was fishing with in the last tournament video that came out on Monday. Uh, yes, I have a few Dobbins Fury rods. I think I'll, I would say that I think they're sensitive and you had some Furies back in the day, right? Yeah. I think for the, they're, sensitive i'm not going to pretend they're uh, an ecstasy or a champion or a nrx or right i mean it's not the same but like for that hundred dollar price point i think they are quite sensitive and well balanced i tend yeah, to yeah. They're good. for i mean for me i use them for top waters and i use them for like skipping sinkles around docks where sensitivity is not a premium but i know a lot of guys that catch a lot of fish a lot of anglers that, that use them you know for every because it fits their budget so um i still got some furies yep. yeah i remember that i remember there was a cops called incident at the ramp <laughs> as well that night um yeah tim says great for the money uh <laughs> yeah we're gonna have, we're gonna talk kayaks at some point, but the chat is quite lively tonight. Um, <laughs> Sean's bragging that he was going one ten, and he didn't get a ticket. <laughs> uh, it's public comment; it's out there. Yeah, uh, thanks, Jay. Awesome support. Appreciate it. Uh, that's awesome, everybody. Yeah, and I hear great things about their their swim bait rods. Like, mm -hmm. I think like when you're throwing a four ounce bait. I don't know that you're going to need the sensitivity of a $250 champion. I think the $120 Fury will be just fine. Yeah, you're throwing a bait that big. You're going to know when it gets eight. Yeah. So if you're looking at a Fury, Caden, and Sierra, here's – and be, we'll spend just a tiny bit of time on this. But So the Fury, great for the money. Caden, Sierra, the same price point. I like the Sierras for my moving baits. That's a slightly softer action. So I'll use the Sierras for, like, spinner baits, uh, chatter bait, um, swim jigs, a few other things like that. Um, you know, uh, they make some good rods in the Sierra line that will, like, without being a crankbait rod that you can probably throw some crankbaits on. 
because they're a little slower action. Uh, and I would use, if you want to go at that price point of 171.80, then I would get Cadence for my bottom contact rods and I would get Sierras for my moving baits. Uh, and then otherwise Fury is just, you know, a good budget rod. So, all right, Whew. let's see what else. So we talked about the giveaway, stick around for that. We'll do that on air. We talked about upgrading my internet. Um, there will be some Omnia news coming up real soon that you guys are going to be excited about. That's all I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, let's uh, let's get into that kayak love. Um, you're going to have to wait till later to see what's in the pack. So just just be patient. Uh, and there's Jay's using the custom emoji, and we can't see it on here, but you guys can see it on YouTube. So that's awesome. Um, let's see. I think Sean had a quick question here. Is the warranty easy? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so. Assuming it's your fault and you feel that it's not a defect, you just cut the the rod, the like the label section out of your rod, like right here, like right above the handle to like right there, so you can see the model number. You cut out that little eight-inch section, drop it in an envelope. Do so you go? There's a warranty section on the Dobbins website, and it calls out what each rod is. I want to say. The champion is like 60 or 70 bucks. So you put a check in there or you just put your name and number and they'll call you and you can do the credit card over the phone, but you just mail that in with your information or a check, send it and you get a new rod back. So if it was a defect, then you have to send in the whole rod and a tube and let them inspect it. So, um, all right. All right. Let's talk about some kayak stuff. So like I said, this is kayak centric. I feel like my camera is like out of focus. Like I went. It's been looking kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Like I feel like it doesn't know. I don't know what to do with my hands. Like it's, but so I don't know. So while we're doing that, I'll fix this. So we brought Bailey on to talk kayaks because, like I said, I know not everybody drives uh, 19, 20 foot bass boats, all that stuff. And there's definitely a lot of guys that don't fish from giant craft. So I wanted to give the kayaks some love tonight. So you have been elected to represent all kayakers in the world today, Bailey. Hope you're ready for this. Pressure's on. Pressure's on. So I guess I want to start, like, how did you get into a kayak? I think I kind of know, but why don't you tell people, like, what brought you to the kayak and what was your first kayak? Yeah, um, I got started into kayaks when I was, like, probably seven or eight years old. Uh, my dad... Uh, used to, he bought a bay liner when I was a little kid and that's kind of how I got my start into fishing. We go on the bay liner on the weekends, but when he sold it, um, I had already had this addiction to go and bass fishing, uh, and basically just bugged the hell out of my dad about wanting to go fishing. And we were going, we would go to like local parks and stuff, fish from the bank. But, uh, basically he saw that I wasn't going to, uh, stop bugging him to go to the lake. So he looked into a means of not buying a boat, but a way to get on the water um and he ended up buying a a two-man like inflatable kayak so not the greatest idea but it was a way for us to get out uh we, we lasted two trips on that one before we finally popped a hole in it and uh <laughs> then got like, did uh, you pop it like taking in it out or was it like a going down with the ship kind of moment <clears throat> it was like so he would be in the front no no he would be in the back and paddling and I'd be in the front. He like he was like my trolling motor. So I, I was little. So I'd be fishing in the front while he'd be a good dad and like paddling. And basically one day 
there's the, there the second trip, the last trip we went out with it. We went to beach it, and he got out, and like I stayed in it like a dummy, and he dragged me up, and obviously dragging it on the rocks with an inflatable kayak doesn't really mix well. Um, so that didn't that that thing was gone. It was put in the trash, um, and then my dad bought myself, my little brother, and uh, himself a uh, the Walmart little pelican kayaks, so little sit in the super cheap ones, and it was a means for us to just slap it in the back of the truck and go fishing wherever we wanted. And that was, uh, that was kind of our means for a few years until, uh, I was getting to the age where I could, I was almost 16. I could drive. And basically my addiction was to fishing was growing. And he saw that, uh, that kayak was not really a, a good means of getting out, but like, I wasn't complaining about it and I was still taking it out when I could. And he, uh, upgraded me to, uh, what was called a shadow caster that field and stream had as a, my first sit on top. You're, you're semi-legit. It was a paddle kayak, and mm-hmm. that kind of blew up and found about tournaments, and now we're here. So you – and then when I first met you, when you were at Notre Dame, you were in a wilderness? Yeah, wilderness uh, radar 135. So that was like your fourth kayak already, or – that would have been, yeah, that would be uh, technically the fourth one. And that one was like a, like a legit pedal drive, you know, some tackle storage management options, like you could put a, a decent sized graph on it and everything. Like it was a legit uh, tournament kayak, like to be efficient in really. That's cool. So like perspective, yeah. actually Bailey was the first person I ever had on a stream, which was April 18th, 2020. Oh, wow. Like we were just remember, like we were like you and I were both like playing around, like you were in the podcast thing, and I was playing around, like doing YouTube, and I was like, I think I want to do this live thing, and we were just like, well, let's do it. Like, I was like, I'll come on, right? Like that was yeah, April 2020, like when we were just so bored out of our minds from COVID. That's how this this thing actually <laughs> started, if you remember. Yeah, that was a good time. We were just playing around with it, and a bunch of people ended up showing up. So yeah, cool. like I don't remember how many lives we actually had, but it's. 322 people watched that show and we were on for 80 minutes. <clears throat> it was a good time. Yeah. I couldn't remember what we talked about. I just remember it was a good time. <laughs> I don't remember either. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's back when you had the wilderness. So that was like, so the wilderness was like your first, like, I don't legit, know, like, like legit, like, right. The first, so I don't know, like the first one, like, w- like, what are we talking like? about like the inflatable kayak was like what a hundred bucks i don't know like maybe maybe yeah. I mean, the walmart pelicans are like a hundred bucks uh maybe 150 then the the shadow caster from field stream was like 800 okay. and then from there i went to the wilderness radar which is about 2500 and then now i'm at the the cadillac of kayaks which is hobie a pro angler 12 you can get you can go up to a 14 right now mine's probably 45 to five grand in most places so you're not really going much higher than that right i mean like yeah five grand just the kayak right that's the high mm-hmm. end like obviously there's all kinds of things that we can accessorize and oh, drive yeah. the price way yeah. up <laughs> you can make that thing 12 to 15 grand pretty quick right so but that's i think the cool thing about kayak right like for 500 bucks or less you can get out on the water mm-hmm. and, and get to some places and fish stuff you can't from shore right like yeah. relatively inexpensive even less right but like you can get into something that's like 
reasonably stable. You can get out there. You're probably not going to be mounting graphs and stuff over, but you can, you can get out wherever the paddle will take you right in that, you know, for a few hundred bucks. Um, Oh yeah. If you got a small pond, that's, you know, like completely just fed with grass though, you just want to go bring a frog rod and go mess around for a couple hours. I mean, yeah, you can go and get a a, a stand up kayak with a paddle for easily under 400 bucks and go have yourself a, a heyday. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be a long-term thing if you want to really get into the kayak game. It's not going to be a great option. You're obviously going to want to upgrade down the road. Um, but, like, there's a lot of people right now. I mean, we were talking about Drew Gregory, uh, Gregory earlier. I mean, his kayak, now that I think his paddle pack from, I think it's a uh, Crescent kayak, I be- uh-huh. I want to say it's under a grand, and he paddles with it, only brings a couple of rods with, with the way he fishes. He's, he's like the, the true – definition of a kayak angler bring a few rods maybe a graph if that couple tackle boxes and then he puts in multiple places runs backwater stuff um yeah the way kayaks are to be realistic here like they are meant to be fished right <laughs> uh, <clears throat> if sean could get power poles and a spot lock trolling motor and shore fish with them he probably would and then those are all viable options in a kayak now. <laughs> Crazy to think. Yeah. Um, have you met Chat Hoover? Unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, there you go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what's up, Thomas? Uh, AP, the benefits are kind of listed if you want to look quick. But you get to support the the channel a little bit more on a regular basis. You get some custom emojis, a custom badge, and then for some of the other levels, we'll do private streams and giveaways and some other things like that. But it, and the, as more people get in, we're going to develop it, and uh, there'll be more benefits. So, but no pressure. I appreciate you guys just being here, hanging out. Um, yeah, it's like OnlyFans. Good point. Yeah. Um, there will be no nudes of me, anyways. Maybe Sean, but. Um, <laughs> But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that's cool. That's a good story. Uh, yeah, and I think the thing is, like, in those entry-level kayaks, I honestly think you put a couple hundred bucks out, you try it for a, a couple weeks, a month, outside of the inflatable ones that are, like, disposable. But, like, once you get to the ones that are actually, like, molded, right? Like, you yeah. spend 500 bucks on a kayak, use it for a couple months, and you're like, you know what? I like this. I want to invest. I would assume you can sell that kayak for almost as much as you bought it. And just like roll it into the next one. So, oh, easily. Yeah. Especially and, now, right? Like with the demand, like they're hard to get. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's insane. I mean, like if you want to sell a kayak, I mean, it's probably the same for a boat right now. They're not going to last long. I mean, that thing you expect to be gone in a few days. Right. So, cool. Um, where do we want to go next? So, so you also, fish out of boats quite often right you've got plenty of buddies like andrew and a few other people that you've definitely spent your fair share of time um fishing team tournaments fishing as a co whether it's the bass nation bfls things like that mm-hmm. what, what do you what do you see as like the biggest pluses and minuses like from your experience like what do you love about a kayak that you don't get in a boat and then what are the things that you like kind of miss when you're not in a boat so, so I guess to you know really lay it out there like the the t- 
to be entirely honest, the biggest advantages of having a kayak over a boat, and it's a conversation I feel like we've had a few times, Rich, is like you don't have to pay gas money. Yep. You don't have to pay maintenance on a kayak. Uh, is there insurance? That, uh, some people actually pay a, like a monthly insurance for if they like something gets damaged, then they guess they get repaired. I, I, I don't know. I guess some guys do. I don't see the problem. But you don't need to like carry a $300,000 liability on your boat no, just to fish no. a tournament. Like, right. So like you may just like, if you may take an extra rider out like on your homeowners to cover your kayak or something like that, like for a few bucks a month. But yeah, I mean, if you got a crazy expensive kayak, I mean, why not? If it's only going to be a few extra bucks, but, right. um, but I mean, beyond that, I mean, advantages to the kayak is, uh, um, you can, you can kind of steer in a direction of fishability, uh, some backwater stuff that maybe boats can't reach. Um, but in that same spectrum, I'm an offshore guy. I love using electronics where I'm not a big backwaters guy. So really for me, uh, you know, long-term I, the, the ultimate goal is to really get into a boat. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't have the funds and the means of right now of getting a boat. Uh, it's in the long-term plan. I mean, a kayak is always going to be, um, part of my life, part of my fishing, just because that's the roots. Um, but like when, when I'm in a boat, I think, um, I mean, really from a team tournament perspective, there's not a lot that draws me back to the kayak mm-hmm. beyond, um, really just having, you know, my own vessel, making my own decisions, um, as a co-angler, if I'm having a bad day, then I miss the kayak because I can do my own thing. <laughs> uh, but there's, there's not a lot of, a lot that draws me back. I have passions for the both of them. Uh, but I think, I mean, ultimately I think, you know, the boat is a way to go if you, if, if for how I fish really, I mean, it's something I just want to get into for, you know, when I go and I launch my kayak somewhere, I get to graph it and I realize, Hey, this isn't setting up right. But I know the way this is setting up five miles that way, it's going to be setting up correctly. But I mean, I can go take the hour and a half it'll take me to go five miles in the kayak or take 45 minutes to go pack up, drive down, relaunch again. Whereas in the boat, you just pick up and go five miles in a couple minutes. Right. Um, that is only the really big downside I've found to kayak fishing is just how fat, like your distance traveled within a day is much shortened in a kayak versus a boat. Sure. Um, and that's really it. What would you say like upside? Like I hear a lot of people say that like when you're sitting on that water level, like it's a different experience and like you feel I don't know, like a connection to the fish or to nature that you get like you feel much more immersed in the environment than when you're standing on a 20 foot bass boat. Like what, what are your thoughts or what do you, what do you say to that? I, I think you're you're definitely more. You know, use the term immersed, right? So, like, you're you're more engaged in what's going on around you uh, because you don't really have any other noises beyond whether it's your paddle or maybe a petroleum motor or your pedals. Like, basically, I mean, you're you're confined to uh, a specific radius that that you're comfortable with. Uh, so, basically, it's just you in that area, and you're just kind of becoming. I guess one with it in terms of you got to kind of be in touch with everything that's going around. Yeah. You are much closer to the water. So you are somewhat, your senses are more a little bit in tune with like what's next to you. Uh, it's, it, it kind of helps being that you are a little bit more elusive, um, less, uh, I guess less impactful with such a small craft 
when what's around you. I mean, um, when I really, really started falling in love with it was like when times I could be up shot. I didn't have graphs or anything at the time. It was back when like simplicity, like only brought a couple of rods, a paddle, and like that was it type of deal. Where like you can literally just have fish following under your boat and like you could kind of, it was like you weren't even there. Like, whereas sometimes, you know, when you're going buzzing the trolling motor and you're, you're seeing fish spook all left and right, but the kayak sometimes, like, fish don't even care that you're there because it's smaller, less impactful. You know, they don't have a big trolling motor in their face, that type of deal. It's, um, and dude, I can't even tell you how many times, like, I've crept up on deer on the shoreline. They have no mm-hmm. idea I'm there. Uh, I think it's just, it's less, um, less obvious for nature. So you're a little bit more connected with everything going on. Yeah, cool. I gotta imagine you get like more fish literally hitting the bait at the boat than you would in a yeah, or at the at the yak than you would in a boat. Uh, A lot of times, yeah, because they they basically just use it like that. I mean, it's got kind of the same thing for a boat, right? Where that fish will follow that bait until that until your kayak or boat, because that's like their wall that they can kind of you know as a impact. But uh, it's yeah, you do get a lot of strikes right at the boat, and it scares the living crap out of you. Because you literally, it's like right next to you. Like you're you're sitting down, and it's like it's not like you're standing up, or it's a couple feet from the trolling motor, and like it's literally right next to you. And then if you get like you don't if you, you don't know if you wet yourself or the fish splashed you, you're not sure yeah. which one it was. <laughs> you can just use it as an excuse. The fish just yeah, fish jump in the boat. Uh, so this is a good question from Sycamore, uh, longtime listener. Um, like, what do you feel like? Where do you start to see like? whether it's a price point or a size of a kayak or like where it really becomes like you're kind of like that optimal experience where you're really starting to like, Hey, this is, you know, this is the really stable. It's getting me out there. Like, it's really like, you know, that first big step above the, you know, the, the $300, <laughs> you know, like, what do you think? Like, is it an eight foot? Is it a 10 foot? Is it a, you know, a thousand bucks? Is it 2000 bucks? Like what, what kind of like roughly, obviously there's, you know, no one answer, but roughly, what do you think to like get into like a legitimate, like that initial legitimate kayak? Yeah, I think, you know, from something, even the biggest, I think, uh, components that go into a good kayak is first and foremost, I think stability, uh, one from just being comfortable, um, being efficient, and then obviously from a safety factor, but, um, stability, uh, and I think, um, and you can change out seats. So I don't really think comfortability of like that, whatever that stock kayak is, is a big deal. Cause you can buy cushions and whatever have you. But um, I think storage options is another big one. Being able to see how, how you can customize what you got. Uh-huh. Um, because some kayaks can be almost identical, but you can bring a heck of a lot of more stuff in one than the other. Um, and uh, answer the question quick. No, you don't have to register a kayak unless it has a trolling motor. Other than that, is that is that everywhere or just New York? At least for New York, I know that if you have a trolling motor, you gotta register it. But you might have to check state by state on that. Probably better but, safe than sorry. But yeah. uh, to my knowledge, unless it's if it's man powered, I don't think you have to register it. Um, but I think, I mean, realistically, it's it's hard to find a, especially if you're looking for a pedal drive. Um, you're really not going to find one good under 2,500 bucks. I think. Yeah. And that usually gets you what, like an eight to 10 footer or like a, like a 10 to 12. 
Okay, Titanfall. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I think the the Wilderness Radar, the one that I have, the 135, I think is like 3200 bucks. Um, which I think there's the shorter version, the uh, 115, which is an 11-footer. Um, I think that one's like 26. I could be wrong, so don't quote me. So we'll say um, get in that 10-plus foot range, little two grand or a little more, you're starting to get into like the good experience or like where you'd start to see where you're going to notice a noticeable like, improvement in experience. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I'm, where I'm at right now with the uh, Hobie Pro Angler 12, I think, and I, I can't justify this statement because I haven't spent time much in a 14, which is like the longest you can really go mm-hmm. um, in a fishing kayak. And because they actually set like limits on how long your kayak can be, you know, that then you might as well get a craft if you're going to get a 16 footer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so I can't really say much, but I, from what I've heard from folks, the 14 is like, if you're a shallow person, you like to fish tight to cover that the 14 is not really the way to go, you know, get into a, a 10 to a 12. Um, so like for Hobie, a 12 is the shortest from a pro angler standpoint. Um, and that's nice. Like if I'm going to go fish docks and stuff, like I can do the full 360 and everything and not, you know, I'm, I'm small enough that I can move maneuver around, but I'm long enough for that. I'm still really stable. I have a lot of storage options, um, but I'm also okay. Like in rougher water, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think we kind of, what's up, Gabe. Um, yeah, I think we talked about like, yeah, I think it's like, I think you get a little more like the nature side of it, right? Like you like yeah. you notice what the bluegills are doing. You notice what the minnows are doing. You you know you get a little closer to things. I think that's the biggest upside from learning. From a yeah, and I think one thing to touch on that too is um, like, and I'd force myself to do this uh, a few years back when I only had like a. I mean, I, I can so like from the shadow caster going back from when I was like really in early in my learning stages of like really getting serious with bass fishing. Um, you know, my radius might've been like one to two miles, like from mm-hmm. where I launched from, whereas the, the pro angler now, like I'm not afraid to go, you know, seven to eight miles away from a ramp um, just because the maneuverability of it's so much better. Like back then, what I would do is if I knew there was an area that had fish, right. The, the easy thing with a boat is like, you can go to an area that has fish you're not going to get bit for a little while. You can just pick up and go. Well, right. kayak, you're stuck there. So it's forcing you to adapt, forcing you to learn to hunker down in an area and figure out what's going on. So uh, it's a way to kind of help you to be patient, uh, but also to kind of help your process of picking part an area. So you don't fish like forces you to get creative sometimes, uh, but it also forces you to experiment. Whereas like in a boat, if you're like, I want to go get on a chatterbait bite. You can just go start running a bunch of areas until you get on a chatterbait bite. Whereas this place, like in this scenario, it forces right. you to experiment, try different things to try to spark something. Yeah. So it makes it like it forces you to make lemonade out of lemons sometimes. Like you may not be in the best area, but you're going to like hang out in like, right? Like you, 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 more often than not, you will find yourself trying extra things, different presentations. Mm-hmm. different cover in that area to really try before you pull up and move. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. To answer Sean question, Sean's question here about uh, having a, a, the money up front and do under 12 foot kayaks track poorly. Uh, the general rule of thumb is like the longer the kayak, the better it's going to track. Um, and the, the hull design, just like a boat kind of plays in the factor of how they ride uh, kind of the same concept, but Usually, you know, longer the kayak, better it'll track. So 
Shorter ones, yeah, they probably won't track as well. Um, I'm trying to think, did you, did you have another part to that question? Uh, Let's see, you're saying like the uh, resale. Yeah. Do you think it's worth spending more up front? <clears throat> I mean, if, as long as you like, I mean, just like a boat, right? I mean, as long as you're taking care of it, maybe if you have more accessories than when you first bought it, you can kind of get your money back. Um, but kind of just like anything, once you buy it new and you go to sell it again, you're not going to be able to get like exactly what your money's, you know, what you bought it for, unless you're putting more into it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, some kayaks do look like bass boats, and I am guilty of that. Yeah. Bailey just went and drove halfway across the state on an undercover mission to get a 360 to add to his kayak tonight. <laughs> AKA my parents' house to pick up my 360. <laughs> That's a lot less cool than what I said. But. I know. <laughs> I should have left it at that. <laughs> so AP checks in and says, uh, if it's 10 foot plus, it has to be licensed in Minnesota. Interesting. Which I think, yeah, I think, I think like if you have like a big, like even like a recreational floating device out on your lake, you need to register those. Like we have to what register about, uh, ice houses here. What if about they, those? If you leave an ice house overnight, you have to register it, no matter what it is. That's weird. What about those uh, inflatable swans? Are those over 10 feet long? I think if they are, you'd have to license them, technically. <laughs> Here's a good question. Uh, for pedal drive, which but you still have a pedal drive, what mm-hmm. what kind of speeds are you cranking out? Like, it, it, a lot depends on the angler in this scenario, right? Yeah, like I'm young and thankfully still in shape. Uh, so like tournament morning when I'm jazzed up, you know, going on the way to the first spot type of deal, like two monsters I, down, cup of coffee, yeah, like ready like to rock. Like jazz, like music on the way to the ramp, like you're all ready to go. Uh, I can get up to like five and a half, a whopping five and a half. Uh, but like, I, I, I've had some videos where I kind of clocked it at different points, but like, just like a leisure, nice and easy pace, not putting much effort into it. At least with the the pro angler, um, I've got I can do like three and a half to four. Nice, uh, but it, just again, like a steady, it like just. Kayak cruising yeah right yeah yeah it, it depends on the kayak too and how much stuff you're bringing like if you're not bringing that much gear you can obviously go a lot faster same same concept as in a boat like less gear faster you can get so you can get draft less like pack light like if you're if you're going on a lake and you're like making a you know you're going like you're gonna pack lighter oh yeah yeah like if i'm on a mission i know i'm gonna do say i, I know all i'm gonna do today is drop shot and net rigging for smallmouth. I'll just bring two spinning rods and I can gain like half a mile an hour than me bringing an entire giant tackle pack and 12 rods. So do you run like any kind of like safety flags or stuff like that to avoid getting run over by boats and stuff or? <clears throat> yeah, I got one safety flag in the back um, and it has like a light on top of it. Um, some tournaments, I know the Hobie trail, the Hobie BOS trail and bass, uh, bass kayak um they force you uh, they it's a rule that everyone has to have um i think they call them like visi poles or something like that mm-hmm. but basically it's just a big orange flag on the back of your kayak with a light on the top um they force you to have them at least until like until daylight so i only run mine until um basically it's light out like safe light and then i take mine and i fold it down just because trying to be uh you know, not call attention to myself, if that makes any yeah. sense. Have you had any close calls or any crazy stories with boats? Or I've never had anybody almost, well, I take that back. Jet skis have almost hit me, but I don't think they really come into play for the okay. most part. But 
I've had a lot of guys pull up on me and know I'm there and just not care because <laughs> that guys just directly say like, I just have a few weeks back. I was, I was flipping a mat and the mat's only 30 feet long and I'm punching on one end. A guy in a boat comes to the, the other end of it, like literally almost flips right where I flip. And uh, I was like, Hey dude, I'm right here. And he goes, you're in a kayak. And I was <laughs> like, okay, it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> On the flip side, I've been out fishing with my kid in the spring for crappies and had like five kayaks coming on me when I'm in a boat oh, like, tailing down. So it goes both ways. Like, <laughs> no, I on it to be quite honest with you, I think it's worse on the the kayak end in terms of kayak anglers not knowing some of the you know the the ethical rules of being on the water. I, I see it happen anglers. all the time, and I try to like tell people, you know, especially guys that are so kayaks provide this this entry level uh, way to getting into tournament fishing to bass fishing. For people right. that don't want to go and get on a boat, maybe don't have friends to get on a boat, they just want to try it out, right? Uh, so there's a lot of people in kayak fishing that don't really know those those rules on the water. Um, and honestly, that to be quite honest, that was me back in the day, like when I was really young, like 12, 13 years old. I didn't know those, you know, those right. ethical rules on the water. And my dad wasn't a huge bass fisherman. I just happened to make friends that were like, "Hey, dude, don't do that." And sometimes that's all people need. Like, "Hey, man, just you know, give that guy some space," or like if he's going down a grass line. You know, go like, give him space, go around him, and then you obviously can keep fishing. It's just like simple knowledge stuff, but uh, I definitely see it more like kayak guys not, you know, knowing some ethical stuff than boat guys. It's, it's honestly a rare occurrence actually now. It's getting a lot better that boats don't cut me off. If, and usually if they do, it's because they don't see me. Right. <clears throat> Is there a technique? That, yeah. Honestly, the, the biggest one and one of the only ones I've found that I can't do efficiently is throw like an 8 or 10XD just because there's cranking. so much pull. Yeah, it's hard to stay yeah. in place. But beyond that, I mean, everything I can do on a boat with a buddy, I can do in a kayak beyond that one pattern. So, yeah, and it's not that you can't – it's not that you can't physically do it, right? It's that like when you go it's to the spring, it just like literally pulls your kayak towards the – Yeah, it, it's literally like – there, there's times like when I'll go throw like a six XD down like a, a deep grass line. And that's nice because like, I don't have to pedal at all. I can use my little steering thing. And that six XD is like my trolling motor. So it's, it's kind of nice in some ways, but uh, if you're trying to like crank a specific, you know, say it's a rock pile or you're on top of a brush pile, uh, it can kind of be annoying because it pulls you. Yeah. That's where like those, those, was it the new canoes or the, <clears throat> Which one? What, what are the ones that have the Ltrex built in? <laughs> oh, that's the uh, the Old Town Autopilot. Town. Yeah. So, uh, so the, the pedal, yeah, the pedal instead of motor um, is because I like to fish kayak tournaments, um, and I think the biggest thing, like I, I think having an autopilot would be awesome, um, but. I want to fish the right now the Hobie Bass Open series is like the kind of like how the Elite series is right now to a lot of folks where it's like it's the epitome of tournament fishing. Um Hobie BOS is kind of reigning king right now for kayak fishing. Yeah. Um and that's and they they're a trail that does not allow motors. Um so basically if I wanted to compete in it, I couldn't use an autopilot because there's no motors allowed. It's only pedal drives or a paddle. You can use it motors in practice. You just can't use it in tournament day. So yeah, that's so why limited, limited circuits that allow electric motors. 
Yeah, and I, that's where some of them are going. I think Bass is starting to lean that way too, which would be kind of cool to see uh, more people kind of go. It's it's and, and Drew Gregory going back to you know Drew's the friend of mine we were talking about earlier. He's been doing a really good job of being like a pioneer for this thing of trying to steer um, these two niches of fishing. We're trying not to have the bass boat world and the kayak world clash. Like steer more of these kayak places into going to maybe these chain of lakes where they're smaller lakes, but they're connected in some sort of way, uh, or just basically smaller bodies of water that you can't hold like a Bassmaster open on or a BFL or whatever, so that they're not clashing. And it's also providing new places, opportunities to host big tournament trails. But obviously that would be more of like a pedal only wouldn't need the wouldn't have a need for a torpedo. And, or... and then you don't have to hit the gym when you get done fishing. You got your exercise. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's uh, my pedal drive is my excuse for not doing cardio at the gym. Yeah, I definitely think what Kevin's saying is like kayaks are definitely a legitimate upgrade over a, yeah. a canoe. I agree. Let's see here. Sycamore says uh he doesn't even like walking in the mailbox, so the paddle's not gonna work for him. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you kind of forget this. about the uh, physical work you're putting in when you're casting, catching fish. Yeah. So you talked about like 6XD being like the one, like deep cranking is really tough. Is there any other ones that are like trickier? Um, so I'll kind of give it a scenario. Like sometimes flipping, uh, flipping docks or flipping grass or like whatever structure you're trying to flip and be efficient about it can be really tough when you're sitting down. Uh, and it's windy. And the problem is, is like when you go to stand up, obviously that wind pushes you with the drag being that you're, a light, you're in a, a lightweight vessel. So when you go to stand up, the wind pushes you away. You can still flip more efficiently because you're standing up, but you're getting pulled away from the object you're, you're flipping. But if you sit down, it's, it's not hard to set the hook when you're sitting down, but like, I guess being efficient in how you cover Seeing water. Holes and yeah. Like, yeah. But, just because you're, yeah. But you could, like, depending how windy it is right now, if you're fishing targets, that's less ideal. But if you were going down a grass edge or a flat of milfoil, you could actually stand oh, up, yeah. use the wind to, like, literally just stealthily pull you along, and it could be an mm-hmm. advantage in that. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's what I was doing just the other day. Um, basically, what I did just pull my pedal drive up, you can stick your rudder down so it, it drags in the grass, so you can kind of control your speed to an extent, and you just stand up and let that wind push it, and you just flip your way down. Do I have a live well now? Do not. I don't think that, do they make. Kayak. I don't know if there is a kayak with a live well. Is there? Uh, fun fact: I did fish one boat turn. Uh, it was a Father's Day tournament, and I think I was like seventeen. And I called the guys and I said, "Hey, this is a team tournament. If my dad and I stay within like twenty yards of each other, I have a homemade live well. Can we fish in kayaks?" And the guys like, "We're all for it." They're like, "Yeah, sure, dude. Come on down." And like I had to like to do the live well check and everything. I basically showed them how it worked. I took a a laundry net and put a, and I took zip ties with a pool noodle on top, and so you could close the laundry the laundry net and basically put all we put our five, best five bass into that. We ended up getting third in the tournament out of like thirty. Yeah, boats. I mean basically the fish basket that you were pulling. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So like that's our quote unquote live well. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah. So most of the kayak tournaments are run through an app. Right, mm-hmm. where they take pictures of the length and you verify with a code, and um, it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty sophisticated. You know, tourney X, uh, half a spot, 
What are some of the other ones? Fishing, fishing chaos. And the two popular ones right now are Tourney X and Fishing Chaos. Um, Tourney X is like what Hobie BOS and uh, Bass Kayak use. Now Fishing Chaos is new with KBF. Uh, and yeah, it's just basically there's a specific criteria to how you lay your fish down on a board, and you have a, a little code, or you can write it on your hand. Basically, that code specific to the tournament and that tournament day, and that's how people try to you know, limit the amount of cheating, the room, uh, room for cheating. And, uh, usually it's either your best, your longest three or your longest five fish. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely in Minnesota, we've got uh water that is electric only, Mm -hmm. right? So they're not motorized. So they're not kayak only, but we definitely have our lakes in Minnesota that are like maximum nine horsepower or electric only. So you'll see some of that. Yeah, we got we have some here that are just like that too. It's like the nine nine and lower type of deal. But um, was it wide waters in Florida was kayak only for a while before they opened that up? Hmm. Headwaters. Headwaters. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, talk about how do you keep how do you keep your tackle? And I guess this is one of my questions. Like, do you have any good falling in stories or lost gear? And like, what do you do to like mitigate that? Hold on, I gotta find wood. I have, I have yet to, to take a tumble. So that was the, that was the knocking on wood there. Uh, so, so far so good. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Uh, but I say it now and Sean, I'm going to come after you once I flip. I'll, you'll be the first one to get the GoPro footage if I do flip. Uh, but, uh, uh, I don't strap in all of my rods per se, uh, the Hobie is nice in the fact that it has horizontal rod storage. So there's uh, kind of like when you open up your, your uh, rod locker in a boat, how there's the, the, the inserts where you can obviously put your rods into, you kind of, you know, be organized with it. Uh, my pro angler has four of those and I can actually fit, I think I fit 14 or 15 total, like into those, depending on how I organize them. So they're laying right next to me. They're actually locked into my front storage. Um, and what I usually do is, I just basically have it so that they're under the little seat, my handles in my seat. So that even when I took my kayak up, put my wheels in and stuff, they don't move at all. So I'm pretty confident that if they did flip over that I might lose one rod maybe. But other than that, I think I'll be all good. Um, but my tackle pack behind me, the Hobie age crate has straps that lock in on all four corners and it zips up on top. So uh, if I flip that thing's not going anywhere either. Um, if that's behind me and I have tackle storage below me and a uh, big, huge storage up front, which is kind of nice to, cause I bring way too much stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and most of the, your nicer kayaks got like little latches and twists that as long as you like engage them, right. Like they stay shut when it flips. So. Yeah. Just a Sycamore's question here about, you know, young and healthy. Does that, you know, translate to the leaderboard and a lot of tournaments? Uh, quite honestly, I don't know for a fact, uh, but just kind of thinking back on, you know, who the more successful kayak anglers are right now, fitness does become kind of a a deal. Um, I mean, there's, there's some guys that uh, are very reliant on trolling motors that are very skilled. Uh, They're very great anglers, but majority of kayak anglers I found that are really good are fit and obviously are very in good health. So I, I think, Kayak fishing adds a little bit more of a, a physical factor to the deal. I know fishing with Gramps, uh, who I was on his stream last week on Monday night, 
who's uh lives in Indiana, fishes kayaks. He's like, he's down. I don't remember the number. Down thirty pounds since he's been, you know, using his pedal kayak. So like, he's like getting healthier while he fishes. So you can look at it two ways, right? Like it can be a health benefit oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. I do. I have one that actually burned me. Um, so I was on Lake Chickamauga last November. Um, it was the, I had never actually done like a big national you know, kayak event. Um, but I, I won the Bass Nation Kayak State Championship in New York, which qualified me for the first Bass Kayak Classic that was this past year down in Texas that was in conjunction with the Bassmaster Classic on Ray Roberts. Uh, so I decided to jump in and drive down to Chickamauga. So I had an experience fishing in a, a bigger national tournament. And uh, basically I found a really good school of fish, caught a four pounder, slapped them on the board, got a picture and everything. And as I'm about to take pictures, I saw a school start. It's late November. So they're, they're schooling at that, at that moment. They're almost in that you know, middle of fall pattern. And I had, saw a five and a six pounder bust in front of me. So as every fisherman, you know, mentally thinks you're frantically trying to do everything you can to get that next cast out there. Well, I had taken the picture and the rules are that the full identifier has to be in the photo. Well, it took a bunch of pictures, 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 thought it was okay. Dumped them back in, kept casting, uh, went to send that picture and it didn't um, go through because only half my identifier was in the picture. DQ'd my photo and I ended up getting like, I think it was like 28th out of 160 something and like six people out of taking home like five, 600 bucks. Um, that one fish alone would have put me like ninth or 10th. So it was one of those days where I only caught five fish and that one got DQ'd. So yeah, it, it yeah, burned me pretty bad. And you were talking about the national championship, right? The bass, the kayak classic, yeah. right? There was both the top two guys had fish that, weren't disallowed but had penalties right because like one of them had a mouth open or one didn't quite touch and they both like received an inch penalty or something like that but they both like each day they got different days they each got one and ended up like uh yeah i'm trying to it didn't i mean uh, oh there was yeah the one guy had i think his was an inch penalty and then uh first place is only um he basically just marked his fish as like 0.5, but I think it was like 0.25. So, but he ended up winning by I think like 0.5, like a half an inch. Something. Uh, but both the guys that were first and second place both days had 30 pound bags each day. Um, you know, the guy that won had like 36, 37 pounds on day two. It was, it was unreal. Yeah. So. Uh, payouts and entry fees. I think, honestly, I think they're like, if you look at like a rate of return, I think to some degree, there's maybe a better business model for kayak fishing than there is for regular tournaments. Like, yeah, I mean, you look at the um, outlay of the cost of doing the tournaments and the entry fees. I think to some degree, there's, you know, a better return, a return on kayaks fishing. Yeah, yeah like that. That national championship, it was four hundred dollars to enter, and I think first was almost forty grand. Um, so definitely a, a big return on investment there. I mean, just to go fishing and have a shot at it, but um, and kind of in general, like uh, a lot of our local ones here in New York are thirty to forty bucks to to enter, and you can win one to twelve hundred bucks in them. 
Um, you know, some of the the national ones, kind of like your regular season events for these popular trails, it's um, some of them are one. You know, I think KBF's like one 115 bucks and you can win, you know, five, six grand. And then uh, Hobie's the most right now, I think at, I think they're bumping it up again, but this past year they were 265 and it's like anywhere from seven to 10 grand for those. And Bass is pretty similar uh, on par to, to Hobie as well in terms of but just the yeah, operating that's... expense, right? Like you don't oh, need yeah. a half ton, three quarter ton pickup. You don't need a 20 foot bass boat. You're not putting a hundred dollars of gas in every day. You can throw your kayak on top of your Nissan, right? Like yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's, it's gas so to much get down less there. expensive. Yeah. Gas to get down there and back in your vehicle. And then it's basically lodging depending, and it can be super cheap depending on how you want to do it. And if you stay with people and uh, some guys who don't even have electronics will just camp out, which is, super cheap uh and then food that's really it i mean beyond that and the entry fee and if you want to go blow two hundred dollars at dayton boat dock you know tackle shop on chickamauga like i did uh it's it could be super cheap on how you want to travel and fish tournaments i think really the thing is just like for the working guys it's how much work you can take off yeah cool so we talked about the natty i was going to bring that up anyway so last year like you said uh you won the new york qualifier made the national championship um, had a pretty good first day, right? I think you were like, yeah, I was not, 20th. not like way at the top, but you were like, at least on the first page, <laughs> yeah. uh, had a decent day. I mean, there, there's a couple guys that had like an exceptional day. You were in like the oh, next yeah. tier that had a good day. Right. So, yeah, it was the basically top three guys just were on a, another planet, smashed them. Um, and basically what happened was we fished Possum Kingdom, which was probably one of the coolest lakes I've ever seen. And it's gin clear. Like it, the first day of practice, they uh, we only had two and a half days of practice, which was cool. They had a whole like month cut off and everything. Um, and first day of practice, super clear. Uh, I tried to focus on offshore ledges because it was early spring for Texas down there. Or sorry, late spring. It was just about to be, it was like the early stages of post-spawn. And I was like, okay, so ledge fish are going to be fresh. So I started offshore. I found some really good, I had uh, two schools that, you know, first two casts, I had 12 pounds for two fish in each of them. And basically from that, we had these crazy storms come through that went from 10 foot of visibility to an inch. Uh, so the New Yorker in me does not vibe well with dirty water. Uh, but I do know that when it gets dirty, you get close to cover. Uh, and basically from there, it got really tough. Like you can get big bites, but not as many bites. And I thought it was going to be really tough. So on day one, with that same mindset talking to a lot of guys that are really good, that are our buddies of mine, basically the same thing. Like, dude, it's really tough. I'm just going for five bites. So when I had my five, I left my area called like once or twice and had, you know, eight, eight inches. I probably had 15, 16 pounds. I didn't think that, I don't think that was going to lead, but part of me is like, I talked to a lot of people and they're like, I don't really have two or three fish. So I'm thinking I'm probably sitting pretty good, but well, lo and behold, there's a whole nother planet fishing in a different part of the lake and guys smashed them. Uh, so I kind of, I shot myself in the foot. It was the, really the rule of like, you can, you can't win it on the first day, but you can lose it on the first day. Um, and come to find out a guy in second place and third place were fishing around me all day. Um, and basically there was a bite that happened when I left. So when I left, basically it just turned on. Um, so it was, a, it was a poor decision on my fault, but went up to the guys 
uh, that same morning. It was like, Hey, I mean, you guys are in contention. I'm not, do you, I, but that was like my only prime area. Do you care if I go back there? And I was fully prepared for them to be like, no, get lost, which I would have been okay with. Cause like, I wasn't going to, I wasn't in contention to win it. And uh, basically they were cool with me going to fish it and watched one of the guys just womp on him. Uh, he almost won it. He, I think he, he got second overall and he, he caught like 25, 28 pounds that day cranking too. It was really cool. And I learned a lot from him. Like I ended up putting my rod down a little bit just to kind of watch him fish. Nice. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. This is cool. There's a lot of great I mean, like questions. I didn't think to ask and I'm, I'm glad that people are getting to ask. Like, um, do you get wet much windy days? Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, there's uh bibs are very important. Um, especially if you're a guy like me that, you know, isn't afraid of going out, you know, ice out or late fall when temperatures aren't really safe. And it's, it's one of those deals. Like when you're going to do that and you know, you're going to be offshore. Like I like to be to go fishing with a buddy or at least, you know, have a couple people that, you know, have your location on your phone or at least tell them like, Hey, I'm going fishing at so-and-so Lake. I'll be in this general area. Uh, it's, it's more of like a safety deal, but like uh, I do get pretty, you know, especially when it's windy and the waves are kind of rocking. I'm not really afraid of waves in the kayak. Obviously, I know a limit, but uh, that being said, like you're, you're going to be susceptible to, you know, getting wet when you're out out fishing. So just slap on a good pair of bibs and you're you're good. But it's not like crazy. You're not getting soaked. It's just more like just to if it's warm out, don't wear you know wear flip flops or shoes. Like don't wear shoes. Your shoes are gonna get soaked. That kind of deal. Like you're. Yeah. So where I wear like in the summer months, I wear like AFCO pants because they're one good in the sun, but two, they dry really fast. So it's kind of just more having good gear when you're. Yeah. So it's cold up. You need to wear like waterproof stuff. Uh, When it's hot out, you want stuff that dries quick. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, That's a good question from Ryan. Uh, What's the best way to transport a kayak or what are the common ways? I think the uh, the most common way and probably the easiest way um, is if you own a especially if you own a truck, it's just using the bed of your truck. Uh, it's super easy. You literally can you know put your if you're doing it by yourself and it's a heavy kayak, you can just take one end, take one end, prop it up on the tailgate, walk to the you know the front or the back of whichever kayak you're putting in first, lift it up and just slide it in. You're good. You can tie it down or put it in. You know uh, there's like the uh, they call them like the tailgate savers or something like that. It's basically mm-hmm. you put it out your trailer hitch and it props the kayak up and it takes less pressure off of your tailgate. But um, that's probably the, the easiest and most common way to do it. Uh, a lot of people like myself car top because I don't have a truck yet. Uh, so I put my Hobie PA12 on top of my Nissan Altima. Uh, and that's a whole process. Like I have a whole video on my channel on how to do it. But it's kind of the same deal as how you put it into a bed of a truck. I just put the one end on top of the back of my car and slide it on up to my roof racks. Um, but a lot of people now, especially if they're like kind of carpooling, like people want to travel together, uh, trailers have become to uh, grow in popularity for kayaks. They're making like kayak specific trailers. Nice. Other than that, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm guessing. Bailey's going to say Hobie because <laughs> he picked Hobie I have for a, bias. a reason. But. I have a bias, but um, I have been in a, a native Titan uh, 10.5, I believe it is. Um, and that thing wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I don't, I don't want to stray anyone away from any specific model because I feel like 
the big popular kayak brands out there now, like, you know, Hobie, Native, uh, New Canoe, uh, Old Town, all of them are very personalized to the angler you are, however you like to fish. So you can kind of get creative with it. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm biased towards Hobie. That's just like anything else, right? Like a person yeah. that likes a Vexus glass boat, which is literally a battleship on the water. <laughs> It's not the same person that's going to love a Basket Ira, which is like a rocket, right? Like they're mm-hmm. different. They have different attributes. Like, so yeah. it's really about your style and what you like versus what one person says, like, this is the best. So I think, um, so I want to talk a little bit about like tournaments this year and then plans for next year. But before we do that, let's do the giveaway. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pull this up. You care if I snack some water while you do it? That is will not be allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so I want to pull up the, the tab here so you can see. But uh, so here's the giveaway. Uh, in a second here, I'm going to start collecting comments. So don't do it yet. But we're going to put hashtag Arsenal. You just enter that in the chat, and uh, that will get you here. So I'm going to hit the start collecting comments. Uh, and I'm gonna while we're collecting comments, I'm gonna show you what the giveaway is. So, uh, so we're gonna start collecting comments. So hashtag Arsenal in the chat to see. And I'm gonna start showing you. It's an Arsenal giveaway. So this is from Arsenal. Got some fresh stuff from the Arsenal Fall Brawlers term this weekend that they put together. So the first thing you're gonna get is this nice drawstring bag, uh, which is pretty handy. I actually use it a lot for putting my GoPro and things like that. Um, looks like. You got to hashtag it, Sean, uh, like Sycamore did. He's the first one in. Uh, but, like, this is good for, like, throwing soft plastics in there, throwing some waters, your sandwiches. Like, it's pretty handy for bringing stuff in the boat or the kayak or going hiking. So that's part of the gift, part of it. Um, all right. So the, the first thing we got here is an Arsenal snapback uh, fishing hat, black, white mesh style hat. So that's going to be part of the prize. If you want it made into a visor, just let me know when, if you win. Uh, and I can I can do that if anybody wants this made into a visor. So this is an Arsenal hat slash visor in the making. Lots of people getting in. we got 24 people already. Uh, then we've got this one kind of slid down in the bag. I don't want to open it up. But I believe it's a large kind of charcoal performance long sleeve shirt. I don't think it's hooded, but I think it's like a long sleeve sun shirt and a nice charcoal color says arsenal i like this color a lot because like it's light enough that you're not going to get super hot in the sun but enough color so that it like won't show every little speck of like fish guts and dip and dye and like all dirt and that kind of stuff so this will be in there so a hat and a and a sun shirt long sleeve sun shirt all right and then we've got all right two three quarter ounce rumble jigs so this is their bladed jig uh, green pumpkin, tungsten, uh, bladed jig. So two of those, three-quarter ounce green pumpkin pepper. So I get a pair of those. And two champion Arsenal tungsten football jigs, a three-quarter ounce brown pumpkin purple, which is basically a PB&J. And a green pumpkin silk in 3.8. So we got kind of a heavy one and a finesse one. So, and I think Bailey, I tell you, he's a big fan of tungsten football jigs in general. Oh, yeah. Giant fan. 
So that's everything that's in there. So you're going to get two tungsten football jigs, two tungsten bladed jig, rumble jigs, a shirt, and a hat or a visor to the winner's discretion in the drawstring bag. All right. So we got uh, 27 people in. And there is, uh, I don't know, 40-some people watching. So we'll give just another minute anybody wants to get in. Yep, so just hashtag Arsenal. Make sure you spell it correctly. Um, Darius is in. John's in. I don't think multiple times gets you in, John Batani. Um, but just make sure you spell it right, and you're in. Brian says he's down for the visor if you win, so there we go. Mark's in. What's up, Mark? Good to see you. YouTube cuz. Good to see you. It's, it's interesting when you do the giveaway, lots of people chat. They weren't active in the chat before, so that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Billy's in. Nick's in. Lots of people in, uh, so that's cool. All right. Yeah, I think you can only get in once, so once you're in, good. Looks like we got 28 people in. All right, just another... Do you guys think we should let more people get in or call it? Let me know in the chat what you think. Like it's time to push the button or give them a couple minutes. What would you do, Bailey? How much time would you get? You started at what? Two minutes ago? I don't know. I came in oh, at. Cody just got in. I'll, I'll give him till 45. How about that? All right. Three more minutes. Benevolent. Uh, just send it. Bailey. <laughs> Daniel's rocking the visor gang uh, emoji. So that's awesome. Oh. The people that are in, they just send yourself? it. What's up, Simon? You got here just in time. Hashtag Arsenal if you want to get in the giveaway. Um, let's just shout out Bailey uh, where, like, before we get into that. So, like, we didn't really talk about it early on, but Bailey runs the Serious Angler podcast, which you can find on your favorite MP3 podcast apps. Uh, so he does. Two, three shows a week? Yeah, we do three now. Now to three because we added a new segment, uh, Business from the Bass Boat. Uh, for folks who may know Adam Deacon over there, he's now part of the Serious Angler crew. So now we have Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Nice. So, yeah, if you're into that content, definitely check it out. That's where they put most of their content out. A lot of similar guests that we have, you know, regional guys, national guys, things like that. Some of the same guests, some of the different guests. He's had a few more kayak guests on than I have for sure. So if you guys are into kayak, he's had like a bunch of the big names in kayaks uh, on. So that that's, but uh, so yeah, definitely check out Serious Angler um, on there. So we're up to 31. I don't know. I don't think anybody else is getting in. So I don't think I'm just going to hit the button. So, all right. Wait. We're going to draw. 31 people are in. You see your name flashing up. How do you know what Where it will is? Where will it land? It's like the spinning wheel. Who's it going to land on? Uh-oh. Sycamore. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Long-time listener, supporter of the show. Congratulations. Uh, Sycamore, you are a winner. Just reach out to me. I think you we DM Instagram. I think you've sent me there before. So uh, just send me a message. Make sure... Um, and you are the winner, Sycamore. So awesome. Congratulations. I think you're going to find some stuff to throw at the lake, the little lake. You can probably let uh, it be all set. <clears throat> so that's cool. 
All right. All right. So what I wanted to talk about, <laughs> it's good to see that AP is a good sport about this. <laughs> um, so how have your tournaments gone this year? Are you like, is, has everything happened to qualify for the natty? Do you still have a chance? Has that ship sailed? Like what, where are we at? Uh, so I only, I didn't fish beyond that, uh, national championship i didn't fish any uh national events this year i uh, started a whole new job and everything and unfortunately my plans of fishing some national tournaments um unfortunately fell through but uh obviously good because the full-time gig is obviously needed but uh fish a lot of local stuff qualified for one national championship through kbf uh which isn't very hard to do they don't really have like crazy standards so i'm not really looking into that one too much hmm. um but uh I fit I last minute. Um, I didn't get to fish the, uh, our state bass kayak stuff to get back into the bass nation, like the, the kayak championship, um, until like literally I think five days before the state championship for bass kayak here in New York said, Hey, you don't actually have to fish one of the local trails. We'll change it. As long as you sign up, you're, you know, you can qualify. So I was like, all right, no brainer, but I had to work all week. So I went in no practice, uh, and ended up finishing third uh and only first place qualified so i had a really crappy day one everyone only caught two fish it was horrible uh Mm -hmm. there was an 80 field boat tournament that same day and i think like eight pounds was in fifth place uh so it was just something really weird and then everyone blasted them on day two and i just didn't catch enough uh it was just it was crappy no no preparation weekend but Unfortunately, no national championships for 2022 beyond uh, KBF um, that I think is going to be in the fall. They haven't announced when they're going or what they're doing yet, but um, did good on the local trail. Um, State championship, I sucked. I was in third on day one and dropped a 10th. Same lake. That lake, just it's called Chautauqua. I have like, uh, we, we just don't vibe well. I've yet to learn that place, but. Um, won the first three trail events, uh, for that, uh, for our local trail. Um, one got was on three in a row and then, um, I fished five total. I had three first places, a second, and then a 15th. <laughs> and my trend is that if I get at least a half a day of practice, I can do pretty well, uh, at least locally. But if I don't have any practice, which I didn't for my 15th place finish, then, uh, it's something about, I, I, I don't know. The two events I did this year without any practice did not go well. So it's kind of a thing where I at least need a couple hours on the lake just to kind of get a, yeah. a feel. Well, I can see that, especially like we talked about earlier, right? Like a bass boat, you drop in, you go check something, you run all over the lake, right? But like you kind of commit to an area. So without any practice, if you like pick an area and it's like, you know, they sprayed that area or there's not a lot of bait in that area or just – the weeds are dying like you kind of like can lose yeah. a lot of time right so yeah it was it was one where i had no practice um didn't even talk to a buddy who's been out there uh basically just, just like hey i've caught fish there this time of year in the past and some good fish i'll just go there we'll stick it out but it was like four miles from the ramp and launched and basically showed up to the launch to find out the lakes down like eight feet something completely abnormal for <laughs> new york lakes and uh I was like, oh, well, you know, it's a deeper spot. It might not affect them that much and showed up and it was ghost town. And when you go four miles in a kayak, you basically like live or die. So right. we died. 
pretty much to long story <laughs> short. Nice. So I've heard you alluding to that you've got some travel plans, some things like what's what's going on next yeah. year? It seems like you got some big plans. What's the uh, what's what's, yeah. what's the big what are the goals? What are you doing next year? Yeah. So for for next year, I'm trying to invest some more time into uh, fishing some some bigger kayak fishing tournaments. Um, I think one thing right now, uh, and a lot of people can agree on, is that kayak fishing is really growing. Um, and I think there's a huge opportunity right now to grow a brand in the, the kayak fishing market in that niche. Uh, and it's something I really enjoy. I like going. So like to kind of sidetrack is um, I really enjoy fishing these national kayak tournaments. They're fun. I kind of like the atmosphere of it. Um, and if people ask me, you know, like, do you ever want to go pro? And I, That's one of the things, like, especially when I'm talking on the boat side, I don't ever want to go pro because like I have a lot of good friends that are pros. And their schedule, what they, you know, I, I don't like being forced to go fish a lake, if that makes any sense. It might be selfish and I'm okay with that, but like, I like to go look at a schedule of nine tournaments and be like, okay, those four look pretty fun and they kind of vibe well with me. Or like, it might just be a place I want to just go try to fish. I'll just go fish a tournament doing it. It's just, I want to, I, I like to cherry pick where I want to go. Um, but that being said, I think there's an opportunity to build a brand in kayak fishing. And that's what I'd like to start trying to put a added effort to next year um, and uh, go fish, uh, you know, three to five Hobie BOS tournaments around the country and same for bass, maybe two or three for bass, depending on when they announce, um, you know, when they announce the schedule. Um, so Hobie actually announced their first five, uh, which a couple of them I've added to the list. It's just more going to be pending work. And the nice part is, is my gig now is uh, completely remote. So, there's no problem with me traveling around the country as long as I can get my work done. So as long as there's no events to either have to work like the classic sure. or anything like that. But um, in February, as of right now, I plan to head down to fish to the first one of the year on Toledo Bend. Um, that one should be fun. Uh, second week of February. I've heard the weather's going to suck, but the fishing should be bomb. Um, and then I'm looking at Lake Eufaula, I think is uh, towards the end of April. And then Lake Chickamauga, one of my favorite places ever to fish, the first week of June, which should be set up perfect for how I like to fish. So cool. Uh, that's all I got right now. But obviously, these plans are tentative to change with uh, the remaining schedules to be announced and work plans. But I, I'd like to do, you know, six to eight big kayak events next year, try to qualify for championships in both Bass and Hobie. I think that's the big goal. But, uh, Travel, film it all, put it into a YouTube series, and it should be fun. Don't be trying to bring that. Down. Uh, my job? I don't have any problem uh, talking about that. I work, um, I'm a P uh, public relations coordinator for Gunpowder. Uh, and Gunpowder is a new, uh, you know, basically a public relations agency in the outdoor industry. Um, so, like, the clients I get to work with every single day are like Johnson Outdoors. And, for those who don't know who they are, that's Hummingbird, Minkota, Cannon, um, and then Pure Fishing. So all of the 100 plus thousand brands that Pure Fishing owns, but more popular like Berkeley, Abu, Penn. Um, they, they got plain on Frable now. Uh, and then I also get to work with uh, X2 Power Batteries. Uh, we got some new ones on the horizon that are going to be a lot of fun, but it's cool. I get to work with people that are very outdoorsy every single day and work remote. And, uh, you know, part of being an avid, you know, angler and hunter is 
part that they value to the job. So it's, it's kind of like I found a calling. So it's, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool gig. Fast paced, but and a lot of traveling, but it's, it's good. You got some uh, interesting comments in your chat. Yeah, I was going to say, Tim Maynard, your <laughs> moderator. Let's, let's see you. Yep. He's on it. He's taking care of it. That a boy, Tim. That a boy. That a boy. Uh, do they assign numbers for each kayak to take off? Okay, yeah. So this is what's pretty cool with, with kayak tournaments. So uh, boat tournaments have a, a shotgun start. And some kayak tournaments, very, very small number of these, the more local ones that might do it if a lake only has one launch. But um, almost every kayak tournament, especially national, as long as there's a public launch, you can launch from wherever the heck you want on that lake. So, like, if a lake's got 20 public launches, you can launch at all 20 launches you can pick where you want to go depending on what you want to do where you want to fish what your strategy is um so that's pretty cool about it uh as you can as long as you are launching on the right time and it's there is a a um i don't even know a great term to describe it as but like almost like an honor code to abide by the time limitations like you got to launch at six you can't cast until 6 30 um you know you got to be off the water by this time like there is a you know a trust aspect to it but yeah it's cool in the, in the with that flexibility and a lot of the apps right you have to take the photo in the app right so mm-hmm. there's a timestamp, so you can't catch a fish before seven because you won't have the right time stamp so but you yeah. could definitely there would be nothing that could really stop you from fishing <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to register that fish um yeah until seven. I, mean, really, so I guess if you want to be dishonorable you could catch one before seven and put it on the donkey leash or something but you could, and yeah, and I'm sure guys do that. Um, for me, I'm I like I don't I'm, I'm just like a karma kind of guy. Like I'm the kind of guy that picks up trash in the lake, be, hoping that means like a five pounder for me for that day. Uh, but no, it's uh, yeah, you can't take a picture until you know six thirty, which is first cast, because what your phone does, you know, iPhone and Android, is it one timestamps it, and two actually puts a GPS uh, location on your photo. So you can take a picture on just your simple camera, go into the app, and then upload that photo because it has all that data on it. Um, so you can't upload until that time. And um, there's a certain time you're allowed to, you know, you can get off the, uh, you know, ter- tournament ends at 3 o'clock. You have until like 4 o'clock to submit photos. It's it's kind of a cool little system they got. Yeah. I've heard about the Green Bell giveaway, but I haven't seen it in a store yet. So I don't know how to do that, but. You can definitely win a tournament with only a spinning rod. <laughs> wouldn't want That's to. Right. I wouldn't want to, but you can do it. <laughs> yeah. It's valid. <laughs> nice. Bush for breakfast, awesome. bush for dinner. <laughs> Bailey's more of a Michelob Ultra guy. Me? No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm still in that, that college mindset of cheaper is better. Natty Light. <laughs> Natty Light. Yeah, we. Uh, you guys drink Milwaukee's best out there. The Beast. The Beast. Is that what you guys call it? Milwaukee's yeah. Beast. I used to. Not anymore. I, I, it was really popular in Wisconsin. I don't see it a lot in Minnesota as much. But like when I was in college, I did for sure. Yeah, that was college for me. Um, but, uh, <laughs> nice. 
Cool. Let's see what else. Uh, I feel like I t- like. Do you do any virtual tournaments like the in your kayak? Like any of the like week long, month long stuff, or is it all just the one day stuff? I used to be pretty avid with the month long stuff, um, but I stopped doing it. Uh, not that because like I wasn't doing well or anything, um, but more of you know I wanted to I wanted to go out and. I'm, I'm extremely competitive. I've been an athlete my entire life. Um, and basically my mindset, like if I enter that tournament, my brain is just nonstop competitive for a month long and it's exhausting. Um, and especially like when I want to go out be like, maybe I want to go to this small uh, river to do a little float for, you know, bring one rod and catch some smallmouth, but they're not gonna be over two pounds. But I'm in this month long tournament where I got to be spending every moment going for the biggest fish possible where it's like, it, it takes me away from going to, you know, go fun fish in a way that I want to. Uh, so I'd stop doing the month long stuff just because I want to go be able to fish what I want and uh, go do a specific technique that, you know, I don't have to worry about submitting a fish for a tournament for. Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I, did, I entered a couple of the half a spot tournaments in the boat division mm-hmm. and I actually bought the, uh, the catch board from Omnia and did all that. And it was kind of fun. But definitely affected, right? Like there would be lakes I'd be like, well, I don't want to go to that lake or try a new lake maybe because I'm like, I don't know if it's got bigs in it, right? Or like you kind of start like affecting the way you fish and how you might fish. And like, like it started like, like maybe when I got like, like let's say I got a new 360, right? Instead of going out and spending time with that 360, like dialing it in, I felt like, well, maybe I should go flip those boat docks and see if I can get a 19 incher. Like, (laughs) you know, like, yeah. uh, Yeah. And then like when I was practicing tournaments, I found myself setting the hook more, right? uh to weigh fish and then like if i catch a fish in practice then i'd be like laying it on the board and stressing it out like, well this fish is definitely not biting in the tournament now um but <laughs> but they, they, they can like, be fun but they can conflict with other things but like if you're not yeah but you know i mean i want a few hundred bucks doing it it was cool but um yeah there's more than that reason to hate wisconsin ap let's let's not lie <laughs> but that that's a good reason uh but I don't know, Tom. I think the video looks pretty good on my end. I don't know if anybody else is having issues. Uh, it looks clear on my screen over here. Yeah. High Life is good. The Champagne. Yeah, if you click, it might be that like your your device may have just selected a, a low band rate. So there's usually like a little three dots you can tip or in the settings bar, and you can select, and you can bump it up to 480 or 720. We don't talk about high school drinking. That's underage drinking, Sean. Um, <laughs> how many poles do you feel comfortable taking with in a kayak? And how high is uh, how hard is retying in a kayak? Uh, so I have once fit eighteen <laughs> rods in my Hobie. That's uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was more like out of experiment than anything else. Uh, I don't bring that many out. Um, but comfortable taking out, I mean, on a practice day where I could be doing a multitude of different things, like I've taken out, you know, 14 to 15, um, they store pretty easily on the Hobie, especially cause my, so my tackle crate behind me, um, actually has rod storage on it. It has nine rod holders on it, but I rarely ever use them cause I use the horizontal ones next to me to my left and right. That way 
I don't have things in my way. The only thing sticking up is behind me. And it's my GoPro that has the view going in front. Um, and it's actually, it's really easy to retie and get tackle out. Um, the nice thing with Hobies, obviously you have the ability to accessorize and keep things um, efficient, organized. So I have my pliers and scissors and all that stuff right next to me um, and getting stuff from the back. I mean, the Hobie's stable, so I can literally, you know, I can either one turn around and get something quick or I can actually literally stand up or, you know, turn in my seat and actually go back and tie up back there. I can put my, my rod in my rod holder behind me and tie up everything with all my stuff right in front when I turn around in my kayak, if that makes any sense. Um, so not hard at all. It's just really how you rig your kayak, how you personalize it to, to be efficient. I like Ryan Lambert style, simple fishing at its finest. No rods sticking up. Yeah, that's part of the, the Hobie lifestyle, man. You don't need any, any rods sticking up. Uh, Ryan Lambert's definitely got his style of winning his lunch money, as he calls it. He does pretty well. He's going to be a terrible co-angler. Never wanted to tie other baits on and just bring more rods. Yeah, I don't know. I I have, as a co-angler, this is my first year. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do it next year. I guess I'm just going to see how close it comes to home. I don't really want to travel too much for the Opens. Um, but to be a, a co-angler, it's a really great learning experience, especially uh, I was very fortunate this year, and it was my first year to do it. Traveled my buddy Destin Marion on the Elite Series. Um, Oneida sucked for me. Um, but I have this thing as a co-angler, I don't want to bring more than three or four rods because one, I don't want to take up much space. And two, there's only a few things I'm gonna throw behind the guy. Like I drew Destin and I drew Corey Johnson, the St. Lawrence River. So there's only so many things you're gonna throw behind those guys and potentially catch fish. Um, so it's basically for me as a co-angler, I bring a backpack, just a simple backpack, and then three, four rods, uh, and just try to keep it simple and hunker down with those baits all day long. Um, but, it, you know, talking about the co-angler stuff this year, uh, Oneida sucked for just about everybody, but it was cool in that the guy, you know, Dustin, I actually drew him in the tournament. So it was probably the easiest, you know, wake up, meet your boater, go launch, go fish type of day. Like it was more like a fun fishing day. Um, and then St. Lawrence River drew Corey Johnston. I had never learned more about smallmouth. And I try to pride myself in being a smallmouth guy, uh, but never learned more about smallmouth in a single day than going out with Chris Johnson. So that was pretty sick, pretty sick day yeah. on Ontario. I've like co-angled a decent amount. And as a boater, though, like I don't care whether you bring three rods or ten rods. It's just a matter of do you keep them organized? Do you keep them neat? And like when I say it's time to go, are you ready to go? Right. So if you can manage them and keep them in your area and you don't have them spider webbed all over the back deck. So that when I say go, you're <laughs> picking up six rods and like, like, like when I say, like, I usually tell them like, Hey, this is last cast. Like, so if, if you got more than one rod out, when I say last cast, that means get your stuff together. Cause I don't want to be waiting for you to get stuff put away in your life jacket on when I'm ready to like start moving. Right. So like it's all about execution more than like what you actually bring from my standpoint. Um, yeah. The way I look at it is like that boater has way, way more invested than I do. I am there for the sole purpose. And I'm a firm believer that a co-angler, if you're going there to win money, you're going there for an entirely wrong reason. You're going there to, to learn first and foremost to 
have a chance at some money, which is pretty cool. But like, like I've told people before, like with Chris Johnson, dude, I would have, I would have been perfectly okay in leaving all my fishing tackle at home and just bringing a notepad. And I probably would have been better off because I probably would have remembered more stuff that he taught me. Um, kind of like when he learned that I was really there just to solely learn, it was, it was really cool to watch kind of him open up and actually almost become a teacher. So it was, it was pretty cool, but um, I don't think anyone there going to, uh, you know, fish for money as a co-angler is in the right state of mind. I mean, like, I mean, you hear stories about it, and I'm trying to remember where I heard the story from. Um, oh, gosh. I think it was on the recent show I did with Jacob where he's like, yeah, it was it was Jacob where he is. His co-angler actually on the day when Jacob had a chance to, Jacob Faust, to qualify for the Bassmaster Elite Series, his co-angler didn't bring a rod. He just said, "Hey, dude, I'm not going to do anything to impede your." Or he, I think once he started, I think what he said, I was actually listening to that today. That he said, like once part way into the day, he just sat down and watched and rooted him on and stopped. Fishing. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. He caught a three and a half pounder, and that basically was a huge thing for him. And basically put a rod down and said, "I'm just going to be your marshal, pretty much." Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Like if you're going to enter a tournament as a co-angler, whether it's a BFL, an open whatever like you should go in with the mindset that you're there to learn and if you catch them and cash a check that's just icing on the cake like mm-hmm. i'm not saying you shouldn't try and you shouldn't fish hard but you shouldn't you shouldn't measure success of that experience on whether you cashed a check or not i completely agree. you should measure the success is did you have fun did you learn something Right. And did you like, did you, did you make a new friend? Did you build relationships? Like all that stuff comes first before, like, did you catch enough fish to cash check? Yeah. Yeah. And like, dude, that's exactly what I was saying about St. Lawrence river. I, I was actually lucky. I got literally the last check. I was, I got 40th in that open as a co-angler. Um, but like walking away from it is, you know, I got to spend a day in the boat with Chris Johnson on Lake Ontario, which is, you know, Lake Ontario, St. Lawrence river, where he's known to be King on, and so literally that in itself, I could have caught zero fish all day. Like that in itself was a giant win because of how much information I learned. And then day two, like we didn't catch great fish or anything, but uh, I had a really a lot of fun with the guy. And he's still, he's a friend now, which like we were talking about relationships. So it's connections is, and, and networking is always a good thing. Yeah. And like I said, Sean, yeah, absolutely. Like if I'm going to show up and going, I'm going to fish hard. I'm definitely going to try um but i'm not gonna let it ruin my day and let me loon my experience because i didn't win or i didn't cash a check mm-hmm. because there are so many things that are out of my control uh as a co-angler but there are so many things that are in my control and keeping an open mind and learning and all that stuff is in your control so yeah so cool stuff well, this has been a pretty cool stream. Uh, let's call the last, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight minutes. Last call for questions uh, on kayak fishing, whatever you guys want. Open it up. Um, run down a few things. Congratulations again to Sycamore. Make sure you send me a DM on however to get a hold of me. Get your Arsenal prize pack. Um, thanks to all the new members tonight. That's awesome. Totally cool. You'll see some, like, members-only content on the community tab and things like that. Um, so that's awesome. I was just in a team tournament where I fished out of somebody's boat that was worse than mine in the last video, Sean. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I've definitely, that's not super uncommon, but it happens. 
Uh, yeah, that's a good one. So, Billy, that's a good one. I definitely intend to have like a co stream that's on my list of things to do. So, um, you get Chad Smith, yeah. Chad would be a good one, although he's went to the boat, so that could be like more of a Kodapo. There's a few other guys I've got on my list, and it might be kind of do like a co panel, especially with StreamYard. Yeah. Have like a couple on there. Um, Brian New, we had Brian New on, and we actually talked about co angling tips when mm-hmm. Brian New was on my show. Uh, but I think what Billy's really saying is like, like, like getting started in co angling, like just like. Like I'm new. I really want to try it. Let's talk about all those things. We definitely talked about a couple weeks ago. We talked about uh, when I had Dana Carlson on, we talked about how she got into like clubs and how she got into tournaments and all that kind of stuff. Um, so like, we could definitely do a full show on calling their stuff. Daniel's flexing the, the, the emojis. Thanks Sycamore. Awesome. Appreciate you becoming a member. That's super cool. Um, yeah. You get the cool bass next to your member name especially for on the YouTube. Um, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Uh, so yeah, a couple other things. Uh, go check out Bailey stuff, serious angler. You can find them on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, MP3s, just search serious angler. Uh, he's got a lot of good stuff too. Uh, next week, no much. stream. I'm going to be doing some family stuff. Uh, so no stream next week and then probably one more quick stream might just be a solo, maybe the bait man. It'll probably be a shorter stream in two weeks, right before I go to the natty, probably no stream from the natty unless I just do like a real quick update stream, like on my mobile or something. So just kind of watch the community tab, watch my Instagram to see when streams are gonna be a little spotty in the next couple weeks as we approach the natty. Um, but, uh, yeah, catch the replay, Facebook, YouTube podcast app all that kind of stuff anything else you want to shout out or say tonight bailey no nah, man i just appreciate you getting me on here it was a lot of fun to uh i don't get to uh be a guest on too many shows so it's it's always fun to be on the uh the opposite side answering some questions so um appreciate you getting me on here and talk some kayak fishing i know uh you and the uh, and bart like to take shots at the at us kayak folk but uh, I know it's all good fun, and it's 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 cool to talk about because obviously I have passions for for both sides. So it's if anybody has any questions, feel free to uh, to reach out, and especially if it's kayak related, um, shoot me a message. And Natty Ice, not light. I have had Natty Ice. It was and there's a reason I had it once. <laughs> <laughs> light it is. But no, it's uh, it's fun. I reach out on social if you guys got kayak questions or anything related to what we talk about, but. Rich, you're doing a pretty cool thing here too. And we are fans of your show. So keep up what you're doing. And you obviously got a great community. Yeah. And I should say, like, if you like the live shows, Monday nights is your live night, Mm -hmm. Um, which also is Fishing with Gramps live night, Tin Horse Monty's live night, (laughs) and a few other people. So there's, if you don't like football, there's plenty of fishing streams. And I know guys like Tom Mix and and a few of these other guys will they'll have like you on their phone and fishing with Gramps on their tablet and Gabe on their TV and like they they go all in. So. They're dedicated. Yeah, we we started Monday Night Lives a year and a half ago, and I chose Monday night because no one had a Monday night, and now it seems like everyone has chosen Monday night that popped up. But it's okay. We do it as you know. I was actually and I give Rich a shout out here is I was actually because of that reason because of the saturation I was going to opt out of lives but rich enforced me is that 
community is important. So uh, keep doing the live stream. So that's what we've been doing because of Rich. So I appreciate your advice, my friend. Oh yeah, and yeah. slow off crush. But like, here's my thing. I I wait till like everybody else is done, and then I go to Travis's stream, just hoping to catch a train wreck at the end of it. That's what I like to see on Travis's <laughs> screen. Like, like two weeks ago when like Eric left and it went into meltdown mode, and like like that's the fun part for me is watching the end of oh, his boy. streams. That's after Bailey goes to bed. Um, <laughs> so cool. Appreciate everybody. Uh, lots of cool things coming up. More video content coming. Uh, there can be some really great videos coming from the trip to the Natty. I'm super excited to bring you that experience again this year, back to back years. Um, see Tim flexing on the the icons and the the members only uh, emojis. So appreciate everybody. Uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans, after all, it's only pressure, you got this, Adidas. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less.